Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I blew up my account twice and I called that my Wall Street tuition. And he went into it with the expectation of blowing up and learning from that tuition. Gosh, that, that's really, really smart. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast, brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Today, we have a special lesson for you. I'm putting it here on the podcast because I really believe that this is going to provide you massive, massive value. And that's what I'm trying to do here. And hey, listen, if this podcast was useful to you at all, I really highly suggest that you go check out the full trading course at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Markets are people. People are predictable. Outlier can show you how to track market fear and greed with artificial intelligence on over 1,300 of the largest market cap names. Visit outlier.com to learn more. That's O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. They have a free pilot program for the rest of 2021 so you can get access to right now at O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. That's O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Today, we are listening to Bill Ackman on starting his own hedge fund at 26. Gosh, what a baby. I'm 35 now. I think about 26. That's when I had my first baby, actually. Um, but you know, the older you get, the more you realize how much you didn't know. Uh, and on activist inv investing. So very curious to see what an older Bill Ackman says about his hedge fund starting at 26. So let's jump right into it. To put this in context, you were mid-20s, and I had just gotten, I just started as a rookie professor two years before. Um, so Bill at the time was uh, trying to set up a, an interesting um, business, which ultimately became Gotham Partners. Um, so for those of you who are students, as a 20-something-year-old, as a Bill set up his first hedge fund. Um, so why did you set up Gotham, Bill? And what did you learn from that experience? Uh, experience is making mistakes and learning from them. So that's what I learned. Um, no, so so uh, the answer is so um, I went to business school to learn how to be a good investor. And I learned the first rule of investing, which is you do your due diligence before you wire in your, your money. And uh, when I got to HBS, I actually opened the course catalog for the first time, and there wasn't a class on investing. Now, there were classes on accounting, there were classes on finance. So I decided I had to develop my own little self-study program. And I wanted to, uh, so I, I opened a Fidelity brokerage account. I said this, I had some money I'd made in the real estate brokerage business. This was my tuition uh, in the investment business. And it was about a year of tuition. And if I lost it, it was as if I had gone to business school for two, you know, two years, but paid for three. Oh man, that's so wise. All right, as I've said many times before, 
I blew up my account twice and I called that my Wall Street tuition. And he went into it with the expectation of blowing up and learning from that tuition. Gosh, that, that's really, really smart. Three, so I, I figured it wasn't. It's like the, the inverse of the Oxford uh, one plus one program. But, um, and uh, you know, I, I, the first stock I bought went up. And I said, okay, I found what I want to do. <laughs> A little more involved in that. But I, I, uh, actually, my father, who's here, he, he, he came with us. Uh, that's dad over there in the corner. Uh, you can ask him whatever questions you want afterwards. Um, he told me it was a really dumb idea to start an investment fund right out of business school. And he recommended that I go work for Michael Steinhardt or you know, George Soros or one of the other famous investors at the time. But I figured that I knew enough. This is the, the, the perils of youth. Um, but uh, the answer is I was an entrepreneur, and uh, I felt that I wanted to approach investing my own way as opposed to uh, learn from someone else. And it's one of the few things you can really learn on your own. You can learn investing by reading books, Absolutely. by reading annual reports, by having a, you can have a portfolio and invest $100 and you can, and you can learn the business, uh, unlike many other businesses which require a lot more. Uh, at least that's what I thought at the time. So you went far away from just investing in fidelity type, you know, on, on, a, on a brokerage platform. Um, and Pershing Square has a particular form of investing, which some of our members of the audience may not understand, and it's sometimes called activist investing. So maybe you can just help you know, orient the audience about what exactly does Pershing Square Capital do? What's the general investment style? And, and why did you set it up that way? Um, so the vast majority of capital invested in the markets today is passive. So if you think of index funds or ETFs or even the big uh, kind of long-only institutions, the vast majority of that capital is by charter passive. Passive means you, you do your research. In some cases, you don't do the research. You sort of just blindly follow an index and you're, you're judged based on how closely you follow the index. If you think about investing 100 years ago, though, investing, you had Andrew Carnegie owning 20% of U.S. Steel, where you had J.P. Morgan as a, as a large owner of various companies over time. And in the old days of investing, an owner would act like an owner. So if they were unhappy with the performance of the business, they would replace the CEO. If they were unhappy with the board's judgment, they would make changes to the board. And as capitalism sort of democratized the investment process, and as any kid in business school can open a brokerage account, and as uh, inst you know, the, uh, the owners of many of these great uh, businesses over time you know, gave the shares away to a university or their heirs, and the ownership was just, you know, spread out, and the Sam Waltons of the world uh, kind of passed away, and the boards became to be managed by uh, professional owners. And so uh, what we do is we look for situations where a business has lost its way, uh, where an otherwise great company within a, in a business that we would define as one that has significant barriers to entry, that Warren Buffett would describe as having a moat around it, a business that is simple, predictable, generates cash, and we can be confident we'll be here 50 years from now. A good example is we own a stake in Canadian Pacific, which is a, a railroad in Canada. Um, and if you think about the railroad business, you know, it's, not, it's a business where they're not going to build a new one across the street. You, know, you can have, you know, absent some fairly dramatic changes in technology, you can be pretty comfortable that you know, goods will be shipped on rail for a very long time to come. So we, it's a business we can predict, we can think about it from a very long-term perspective, we can buy it at a price that's interesting. And in the case of CP, uh, this was the worst-run railroad in North America. It had the lowest profit margins. It was trading at the lowest valuation relative to earnings and had a very unhappy shareholder base, but there was nothing they could do about it because they were inherently, again, the, the biggest investors tend to be very passive. And we saw an opportunity, and the opportunity was if you could replace the worst CEO in, in uh, the railroad industry with the best CEO in the railroad industry, a lot of money could be made. And we bought uh, first 12% of the stock and then another 2%, so about 14% of the stock. We recruited a guy named Hunter Harrison, who is uh, widely considered the best railroad executive of all time, you know, certainly in North America. He had retired at 65. He was 66 and a half. He had signed a two-year non-compete with his employer. And I think the biggest mistake they made was a two-year non-compete, because he was running the, uh, the other Canadian railroad, Canadian National. And we hired him as a consultant. He helped us study the railroad. And he had plenty of fire in his belly. And we said, look, would you be interested in a day job? And he said, let me check with my wife. She said, you know what? It's time to get you out of the house again. And, uh, 
and, and uh, we recruited them, and then we had to simply put them in place. Now, the problem was Canadian Pacific has one of the most sort of esteemed and illustrious boards in Canada, at least at the time, and it was the former head of the Royal Bank of Canada, the former CEO of Suncor Energy, the former head of the steel business, you know, a very, very important board, and um, they didn't like the idea that this idea was coming from outside the company, so they said no. Um, so we went to the shareholders, and we ran an election, a proxy contest. We put up seven directors for uh, seven seats on a 13-seat board, uh, and the shareholders voted with us 90% uh, of the time and voted against the other guys, uh, and they got between 3 and 11% of the vote. We put our directors on. Uh, we did a review of the best CEOs in the world. Turns out the guy we identified was the best guy. Uh, we put him in a CEO, and that was 16 months ago, uh, and it's almost the most profitable railroad in North America after 16 months. That's how quick this guy goes to work. Stock's gone from 46 uh, to $151 a share. It's, you know, a little under $8 billion market cap to a $25 billion market cap. And that's kind of the perfect example. Now, it doesn't always work that way. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Okay, so what did we learn here? Starting a hedge fund early, but starting it with the intention of learning and losing and paying that tuition. Boy, that's so smart. You know, if I had gone into trading with that mentality of I'm going to lose it, I don't know how I would have done. But I came out of trading, well, I wouldn't say out of, but I came out of that experience having learned a lot of lessons and paid for my learning in the process. And I think that was absolutely invaluable. Uh, and then on activist investing, right? Basically taking a company that, that needs a turnover and turning it over in a 16 months, making it one of the most profitable profitable in the country so interesting right so hey listen um make sure you smash the like button and share it with somebody who you think could use this as well and uh subscribe that way you never miss any of the tools tips and tricks that we upload every single week to help you trade faster and trade smarter i'll see you on the next episode okay so what'd you think that was pretty incredible right now if you like that that's only a taste only a sample of what you're going to find in the full ai stock trading system and i really highly encourage you to go and check this out obviously you are interested in learning and how to trade and that's why you're listening to this podcast now i'm going to take and download my entire trading system that i use day in and day out onto you <laughs> and the only way I'm going to be able to do that is over at the AIStockTradingSystem.com. You're going to get phase one, two, and three, several bonuses. And on top of that, I'm going to walk you through over a dozen trades that I put on inside of my account, holding your hand and showing you exactly how I got in, how I got out, how I use the artificial intelligence data, and how this could work inside of your own trading portfolio on a daily basis. So make sure you head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com to learn more and to get started and to download my decade plus worth of trading experience into your hands so you can start using the AI Stock Trading System today. The five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading. Hey, if you like this video, let me know by leaving me a like below and then subscribe and share it with somebody you think could use it as well. Be sure to comment below with your biggest takeaway from this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. And finally, make sure you watch these other videos to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors 
and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. Tim and his StockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. Tim and StockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit timandstocktrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.